The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. been a long time coming we're walking in here and i was like we've i've wanted to do this virtually but i think the universe just wanted it to happen in person man thanks so much for taking some time with me today 100 percent, man 100 percent. so i've known about you for a while i followed from afar but it was actually glenn's breakfast with champions that brought us into the same room at the yeah. same time and that was kind of the first time i got to actually we've crossed paths so many times it's the first time i got to hear you speak you talked about some personal experiences, some health challenges, things of that nature, and I was like, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on this guy. Everybody needs to, everybody needs to know if they don't already know in my audience yeah, about yeah. you. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how, how did you get started in the car business, leading to what you're doing for dealers today on the on the finance training and all that. Man, uh, getting started in the car business, man, I was just a broken dude uh coming up man uh i was a guy living in poverty a teenage father high school dropout uh uh, a guy who was abandoned by his mom at two years old uh, and, and you know, kept a foot in the streets, man. And, uh, you know, the car business kind of kind of found me. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I had a, a, a young friend working at a dealership. I didn't know he was working at a dealership, man. And he happened to pop by my the building that I was living in, which was run down. And right. he happened to drive up in a new demo. And I thought he stole the car. That's the truth. And I said, what, what do you mean? You, you, you get you get to drive cars and and he's telling me all these wonderful things about dealerships man so i actually went over there and checked it out filled out an application got denied right they didn't hire me uh and ended up uh continuing to fill out credit apps uh, i mean not credit apps but applications to work at a car dealership and uh man i f came across the classified ads back in the day it said forty-five thousand first year no experience necessary come apply at hubler dodge this tuesday and wednesday right and back then man living in poverty uh, I thought $45,000, i would be rich. I thought $45,000, wow, I'd be rich. Uh, so I went and applied, man. They hired me, and, uh, you know, the rest has been history, man. And I'm going to tell you, uh, the moment I got hired, the moment I, I walked through those doors, uh, saw all these professional people that had desks, and, and they, they they were dressed in slacks and ties, and the same the same clothes I would wear to church, right. they wore as a profession, man. And all this was new to me, man. Again, I was living in poverty, right? I was a broken person, uh, overcoming challenge after challenge after challenge, just trying to make it and and get breathing room in my life. And uh, and uh, I happened to get into the car business. And when when I happened to get hired, man, I was so grateful uh, that I get to work in an environment where I see other professionals. And when I found out, man, a uh, salesperson told me he made a hundred thousand last year. That's what this wow. conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I made a hundred casually. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I, cause I had never met someone in real life that made a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> and, uh, and when I met him and I said, wait a minute, you made a hundred grand and you're going to be doing the same thing that, that I'm supposed right. to do. Right. That I'm going to be taking customers. Yeah. You're going to be taking ups. I said, well, what do you mean up, man? 
well, what does that mean? No, no, customers. I said, well, why don't you just call them that? But I was so grateful. And uh, it was the opportunity of a lifetime for me, man. And so once I got that position at that car dealership selling cars, uh, I grabbed on with both hands, both feet. And I never let go, man, because I know I knew what it was like before. And all I had in front of me was all the opportunity, man. And I was bound to determine to make sure that I maximized it for sure for that at that point and for the rest of my life. You have this, I, I feel this, and I've tried really hard in my own life to articulate this desire to then see other people go and be able to do the yeah. same thing or or even far exceed that thing. Yeah. Where did that all start for you? Because, I mean, I can see you were just up there motivating a group. We're at 800% Club. Yeah. Uh, we're here at Beaver Toyota. I've never seen a facility like this in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Glenn, you know, our friend Glenn Lundy comes up to you. He's like, yo, I, I need you to go up and pump this group up. And yeah. Just on a, on a whim, you up, up you go. Yeah. And every time you speak, I get this sense of like he finds joy in helping other, seeing other people achieve sure. that level of success. Where did that come from? So you're in the dealership. You're 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 turning your life around. You're yeah. going from poverty. You yeah. got a little bit of money now. Yeah. Do you know the moment when you you were able to say, "I want to help other people do this now"? Yeah, man. You know, um, from from working in the car dealership, man, uh, I stumbled across this book called uh, "Success Is a Choice." by Rick Pitino, man. And, mm. and the way I stumbled upon it was <laughs> car salespeople will, will, will know this, but uh, you know, as salespeople, if there's a salesperson that gets fired, the first thing other salespeople do is go and rate their desk. Right. They're looking for pens and notepads <laughs> and things of that nature, staplers. And uh, I did the same thing, man. And I, I stumbled, a guy got fired and I went and stumbled through his desk and I found this success as a choice and, uh, and I couldn't put it down. And at the time, it's funny, man, I had no furniture in the department. I was, I had an air mattress uh, and, uh, I just I was so captivated by this book that I would go home and lay on my carpet and read it every day. And that was the aha moment for me, man. And when when I realized that that was real, like it's not it's not it's not a catchphrase. Right. That's life. Yeah. That's reality. It, it is all a choice. Um, once I realized that and really started hammering about my success and being responsible and accountable for my success, opportunities started opening up. The more accountable you become, the more you stare in that accountability mirror, the more opportunity uh, shows itself. It reveals itself because in reality, it's all on you. And what I like to do now that was the aha moment. And what what I like to do now, because, you know, I've had successes in my life. Now I'm the number one F&I trainer in the country. Now I'm business partners with Grant Cardone. Now I speak all over the country. Now me and you are in the same network, right? right. We have the same friends. We speak on the same stages. Right. Uh, I have a big uh, F&I training company right now that I've seen some success. I know that it's possible. And if I come from the bottom and I can do it, I know it's possible for anybody if they see it the way that I see it, if they would just remove themselves from staring at the challenge and start staring at the target, right? Hurdles, issues, mountains, walls, challenges are all with pushback. It's always going to be there. That's life, right? Mm -hmm. But if you keep your eyes on the prize, if you keep your eyes on the target, then you'll never worry about what the challenge is. What you do is you'll back into that target with game plans every day. Mm. It it reminds me of this quote. Now I can't remember who said it, and I'm going to feel like a moron if you're like, "Oh, that was uh, uh, that was Mister Rogers." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, you know, a lot of people go through life with the attitude of you know they're they're complaining because I'm the product of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. But the quote is, "You're not the product of your circumstances. You're the product of your decisions." That's right, hundred percent. 
Wow. And, you know, and, and that really stands out to me because I think, man, I, at any given moment, I'm faced with multiple decisions. Sure. What's my attitude? Sure. Like my focus, my, my paradigm. Am I looking at things from the right angle? Yeah. And I, and I just get that sense as you're speaking. So, so then you, you know, let's, let's fast forward to today. Yeah. To your point, you, you now got this, this, largely successful F&I training, yeah, your yeah. partners with Grant Cardone. Yeah. What is it that you find as you're working with dealerships across the country, around the world, what is the the commonality between them when you're first starting out that that's like that light bulb moment for them going from three, 400 a copy to, like you said today, 2,500, 3,000 a copy. What's that like? Oh, I didn't even see it from that angle. Yeah. So understanding the complexity of the F&I department, understanding from a dealer standpoint, how to construct one, how to construct an F&I department, how to hire the right people in there, how to get the right benchmarks in there, install the right production-based pay plans in there, install the right processes and the right training. Um, when I teach them and show them uh, exactly how to construct the right F&I department and install the right people uh, and the things to look for when hiring the right people, uh, such as your resume doesn't matter, but it's all character, right? So I, I, I hire them different. Um, the aha moments come through what they look for in their people now. What they used to do is hire based on what somebody said they did, right? What they right, used to right. do is hire based on a resume. The aha moment is, okay, if you hire the right person with the right character, the right uh, work ethic, the right integrity and honesty, right, who's goal-oriented, if you hire that person, you can teach them the skill set, right? right? And so in my store, we hire very intentionally. Right. Uh, we hire very intentionally. We make sure that we get the right person. And once I have the right person in there who's going to work hard, who wants to work harder than they complain, who wants to work harder than they're comfortable, who wants to work harder and outwork their goals and targets. Once I have that person, then it's just a matter of time at that point. This this goes full circle to what you were saying earlier about accountability, because, sure. in, you know, I immediately think, well, in order to identify that in somebody else, mm -hmm. I need to be holding myself accountable. There yeah, needs to be yeah. personal discipline. Like I need to be in a place where I'm prepared to identify the qualities, personality, character traits, all those live sorts of things. It. You got to live by it. Got to live by it. And and so have you ever run into that where you're like, hey, like you're the the leader, but you're not pulling all the weight. time. Yeah. Oh, all the time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you address that though? Because directly, <laughs> just yeah, directly. So if you if you if you talk to any of my dealers who were here, uh -huh. I encourage you to. They will tell you very specifically. Uh, I'm very direct, and but I'm direct out of love. I'm not direct out of sarcasm, hate, or anger. I'm direct right. out of love. And what I mean by that is, is I want to see you succeed. I'm putting my name on it. I'm putting my brand on it. And my right. brand is about winning. My brand is about excellence my brain is about being number one right right and if if i'm called the number one fni trainer if i say i'm the number one fni trainer i have to be able to back it up i need to have statistics i need to have receipts i need to not be able to say that myself but have dealers say that yeah. i need to have them the owners say oh man my increase my pvr thousand dollars a copy fifteen hundred dollars we've increased it we've net it increased it two grand a copy right. they need to say it so in order to do that man i have to be direct i have to cut through the chase and i need to say here's the issue here's the opportunity and here's the game plan let's go to work yeah there's i i you know my, my team and i talk about this quite often and it's this almost acceptance that each of us has more time than we think, but less than we want. Mm -hmm. 
And what I'm what I'm learning or what I think I'm finally settling into in my own business is some things like the good things mm-hmm. really just take time. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be worthwhile, then it should be worth the while mm-hmm. in a in the car business, which is very much a today business. Sure. Like, sure. Right. What, what's right sure. in front of me? Got to got to get the deals right. We're in this 30 day cycle. Sure. How do you help the dealer break past that so that they're thinking longer term, maybe more an infinite game, not not the finite game. How do you help them break free from that mindset? Yeah, man. Uh, so that's what it is. It's a mindset, right? So uh, you've heard the phrase in due time. Yeah. Okay. So in my stores, right, they, they, I have dealers that say that, GMs who say that, finance managers in due time, you know, we're getting into due time. If you replace that word time with effort, what does that phrase it? What's the phrase now? In due effort. In due effort, man. The harder you work, the faster it gets to you. The harder you work, the more, the faster it comes. Right. Right. So it's in due effort. It's not in due time. Right. If you want to, if you want to be a Kobe or a Jordan, it's the one that's in the, it's the one that's in the gym, right? right? Shooting the free throws. Right. Right. The most and the longest with most intentionality, man. It's the work. It is not the time. And I'm going to tell you, I tell you what, what else, man? What I found is that, uh, we got, we've got to do it with a sense of urgency. Man, I train and I live my life and I chase success with with a severe sense of urgency and desperation. I've got to get this done. I don't know how much longer I have here on earth, right? So what I'm doing now is not about me anymore, right? I've lived a good life. I'm in a good space. If right. I wanted to stop right now, if it was all about me, I could live well the rest of my life. But I'm on legacy now. And what I mean by that is, man, I got daughters that I need to be able to hand over and give them a good start in life the moment they turn 18. Right. The moment they get started in life and whether the good Lord allows me to see them both turn 18 or if I leave next year. Right. Or in six months, I still need to have it in place. Right. So I work with a frivolous sense of energy that we got to get it done. Right. Right. My dealers will tell you, man, my mantra is R-O-N-E, Roan, results only, no excuses. Right. So I go hard and I'm the first person to hold myself to the highest accountability because of what I'm working, doing it for. That's why. So it's for legacy. It's not for me. It's who's coming after me. Who's paying attention to me. Right. Who loses? If I don't win, who loses? Right. Right. I think about this, too. Like my um, you brought up Kobe, who, of course, I mean, is so many's favorite. Right. Mine, yep. uh, your favorite. 100%. Okay. My, my son, Dallin, his favorite. OK. Uh, and just this morning, he went to basketball tryouts. He's in middle school. We moved from Canada to Texas about a year ago. So he's getting okay. the, he's getting the experience I never got. So okay. like I wrestled in high school. I fought in provincial championships, yeah. but there were like 50 people in the auditorium and it was like everybody's mom. Yeah. Like the yeah. Coaches. Yeah. To see my son who just finished the football season in middle school in eighth grade walk out to fanfare <laughs> like he, he he's like dad i felt like a wwe superstar but it's opened up conversations in particular to your point about kobe and and you know on steph curry and like all of the the jordan pippen you know rodman all of the greats where where we're having these meaningful conversations about but look at the effort they put in uh-huh. to your point uh-huh. i was like have you watched steph curry warm up for a, uh-huh. a ball game is uh-huh. there's a reason why he's a ball handler the way he is but the he's got the tennis ball he's dribbling he's switching hands he's doing and i'm like so what are you willing to do and he goes dad i'm just in the eighth grade i'm like remove the just 
mm-hmm. you're in the eighth grade because mm-hmm. that's how old you are. But there's no mm-hmm. just about that. Mm-hmm. that. There's no excuse about that. So I love your your acronym for Roan because it perfectly aligns. And to your point about legacy, I think so deeply about that because I'm like, why am I doing all of this yeah. anyways yeah. if it's not for them? Yeah. I look at my father. You know, we our company stemmed from a family business, um, and you know, him and I have had a lot of conversations about, like, you know what. Mom, dad, the only way I could ever actually pay you back mm-hmm. is by paying it forward. Mm-hmm. And that means something. So so it's it's cool. Like, I get a sense of your heart when you start talking about legacy and sure. how you're trying to set up that next generation sure. to, to, you know, be able to go a little bit further. Let me ask you this, because I think we see this a lot in the dealerships. We're now second, third, some fourth generation dealer owners now, who I'm sure their forebearers all had that same legacy mindset of, I want to set the next generation up. But we start to see some of them get soft. What do you say or do, or what's your mindset around? Like, I want to make sure they're set up, but also that they're able to go and do, not just get comfortable with the pass off. Yeah, man. So, uh, the, what I do with my clients is ongoing. So there's no pass off one and done, right? So uh, I'm doing training every week with my owners and my dealers. I'm doing training every week with my finance managers. And so uh, I do multiple touches every single week, man. Uh, I ensure their success if they become my clients. So uh, I vet clients very hard. Like I don't take all clients. It's not you want to do business with me okay right. let's go not all money's green for you i because my legacy is success my right. brand is success so i have to vet them and make sure they're the right type of de- of people inside that group that are going to do what i need them to do in order to get the results i know that they can get um so i'm constantly with them i'm i'm along for the ride right so the result throughout an entire year it's not a pass off man it's it's let's go Right. So if if we need to hire somebody, I'm deeply involved in hiring that person. If they need to be trained, they need to be onboarded. I've developed software for F&I departments that that we install in our F&I departments. Uh, that's a revenue and production tracker that gives us wow. insight different than what you can yeah. find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know what to look for. So I have those installed inside my stores, too. So it's an ongoing process and that's what success is right you may have certain destinations that you're trying to hit but the target is ongoing right so you have targets along that journey called success man and whatever it may be for different people is what it is but we establish for my stores we establish the targets up front Mm -hmm. and then we back into it with action i love it uh, in closing, uh, I could talk to you forever. Ah, likewise, the, man. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I could do it forever. Uh, how can those listening get in touch with you, learn more about your program? Yeah, man. So uh, they can simply go to ShakaDyson.com, S-H-A-K-A, D as in David, Y-S-O-N. I'm all over Facebook. Um, for dealers out there, uh, I have the largest automotive finance dealer group uh, in the entire world in the automotive industry. It's called the F&I 20 Group. Uh, we've have over four. We have thirty five thousand members and dealers across the country. Uh, owners, GM, salespeople, sales managers, finance managers, directors uh, in that group, so they can ask to join that group and network with us on Facebook. On Facebook, yep. Wow. It's called the F and I Twenty yeah. Group. Uh, yeah. They can simply call me, man, directly six seven eight four eight one four zero seven seven. Or email me, man, Shaka at Shaka Dyson. And I, if they trying to get at me, I can be found. You know what I mean? Yeah, thanks so much. All right, brother.
I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.